Welcome back to Ravens Recap, which may unfortunately be the last game preview episode we will be doing in a bit, uh, a couple months maybe, unless the Jaguars win. And the Raiders and, uh, <laughs> and a bunch of other stuff happens. happens. <laughs> like, I, like I told the guys before, before we started the last recording, all I care about right now is that the Jaguars have to lose, and then in the unlikely case that happens, then I'll start looking at what the other tiebreakers are. But <laughs> yeah. Even before that happens, though, the Ravens need to come out and be victorious against a Pittsburgh Steelers team that may be having Ben Roethlisberger playing his last game ever, but maybe not because Roethlisberger has been pulling afar over the past couple years. I remember being at 2017 Zion National Park and running into a Browns fan. And we were talking about, yeah, is Ben actually going to retire this year? He might. Seems sounds like he might. He's oh, been doing that man. since 2010. I know. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> but anyways, uh, the Ravens came close to beating the Steelers earlier this year uh, and through a bunch of inconsistency on the offensive side, were unable to come out with the victory. It's going to be a harder matchup this time both with the emotion that the Steelers will obviously be playing with, as well as big gut check that the Ravens will be facing, given the fact that their season is completely out of their control outside of beating the Steelers. But we're here to talk about it, look at what's changed with these two teams since the last matchup, and whether or not the Ravens can can finally get a victory, which they haven't had since uh, since beating the Bears, right? That was No, beating the Browns on it was Sunday November. Night Football. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. it's been too long. We can't even remember. <laughs> yeah, it's been, dude. You know how much has happened? <laughs> like, you just talk about like life, the world, etc. In those times, it's it's like kind of crazy. Was Thanksgiving before or after the last Ravens win? Before <laughs> or after? After Thanksgiving was after. So like the the win oh, was man. before Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was before. I think we knew what Omicron was. Like, <laughs> it was just like it's so long. Oh ago. man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So have we really had a five-game losing streak, or are we just in an Omicron haze? <laughs> I, I don't know which I, which I want to be true. <laughs> I don't know which of those two realities I want to be true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's weird though. You know, one thing I, I just I thought of uh, earlier today with the seventeen-game season. You know, the Ravens obviously now are sitting at eight and eight, which is not great. Uh, but now it's like the last game is like okay, well if we win, now we have a win streak. You know, or uh, now we have a winning record, but if we lose, now we have a losing record, and that's not cool. <laughs> so, I, you know, if I if I were uh, playing on the Ravens, which I'm, which I don't, uh, I'd be like, man, I really want to win this game just so I can say that you know we ended with a winning season uh, <laughs> and not be eight and nine because there is no uh, there's no eight and eight anymore. You know, you can't have uh, you can't have a neutral season, so you either have to win or lose. So we're, I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping we can be on the winning side of that. Yeah, and I, I'm really glad you brought that point up because I, I think a lot of fans are looking at this game from either the perspective of, you know, the fans who are still holding out hope that the Ravens can make make the playoffs, and then the other side of that coin is probably, you know, fans who are just like, you know, they'd rather them lose the game and, and not really risk any further injuries to any guys and just, just get the best draft pick possible at this point. But I, I do think you're mentioning... Uh, another important variable here if the Ravens are able to win this game regardless of the playoffs or not by putting together a winning season albeit one without a postseason berth with all these injuries that that have happened and all the adversity that has come with this season 
I think it changes the tone a little bit going into the off season um, than than going in with a losing season and the obvious uh, postseason shutout that that would be. I don't know how much it really does, you know, in the long term, but you know, it's it's at least something that that they can still look at in the in the off season, just to be like, hey, you know, we didn't make the playoffs, but we we're still able to pull out a winning record, even with all these injuries that have happened to all these key players. Um, so just another thing to think about, you know, as we examine this game. I think the other crazy thing about, uh, <laughs> we're talking about like conference records and things like that. There are only, let's see, well, obviously we're recording on a Monday night, uh, the Browns and Steelers, the game is still going on. So, um, you know, if the Browns end up losing, then I guess this take will be a little bit different. But right now, as of recording of this podcast, the only teams that have less than seven wins in the AFC are the Jaguars, Texans, and the Jets. Everyone else has at least seven wins, which means that even if the Ravens end up losing this game against the Steelers at eight and nine, that means most of the league is around that record at least, right? I mean, so you're not talking about a year where you have, you know, teams who are going 15 and two, 14 and three, the best record in the AFC right now is 11 and five between the Titans and the Chiefs. That's it. Everyone else has either eight, nine or 10 wins. And I think it, that's just, it's crazy. I know we've talked about that the last couple of weeks and that there's just, there's so much parody in the AFC and every, there's a log jam here. But, you know, it's it's weird. Even on the outside looking in, we're so close. Despite everything that's happened here, all the injuries, all the unfortunate turns, all the five-game losing streak, it's like we're this close to just being in the spot where we're, hey, we're solidly in the playoffs. We're competing with everybody else. It's that that just blows my mind. One of these five games going the other way, and, and specifically, we're talking about the four that were decided by five points, and the Ravens are are comfortably looking at the playoffs right now. All they have to do is win, and uh, and they're in, right? Yeah, it's it's crazy, man, how incredibly close they were uh, in many in many regards. And um, similarly, if you look at this game, right, you're one of the things that a lot of people will talk about, and I and and myself included, right? You're looking at it and you're like, well, if we lose what's our draft pick look like? If we win, what's our draft pick look like? And the answer is it doesn't really matter. We're talking within like, there's not much room for us to move at this point. Uh, if you look at the situation and where all the teams are, it can get maybe like one or two picks better or one or two picks worse. And you're right in the middle where, eh, you know, yeah, it, it's not that big of a difference. Uh, even, even people like me who love eking out every little bit of efficiency, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not calling for the Ravens to lose this game. I think it, I think the Ravens need to go out there and play, and if they win, they win, right? Uh, it's kind of like how we, we approach the Rams game, but with a little bit more optimism because uh, the Ravens' culture is to always bring it. The reason that this team, I believe, has made it this far is because of their culture. This team has no business being where they are right now, given everything that's happened to them this year, but they're there anyways, and uh, it comes down to the culture. It really, really does, and I think... We were having this conversation in our, in our side chat talking about the Washington football team versus the Ravens and the fandoms. And like, uh, despite very similar results for this team, you know, these teams like a failed season, um, no playoffs, et cetera, most likely for at least the Ravens, it's a totally different feeling because of the process. The Ravens process is super sound. It's repeatable. It's going to lead to good seasons to come. And, you know, the Washington football team needs some work. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that's the crazy thing. You look at this season, and it'll obviously be disappointing that the if the Ravens 
Honestly, the Ravens don't make the Super Bowl. We're going to be disappointed in some way, despite the fact that even if the Ravens do make the playoffs, the the unlikely happens. I don't think anyone in the fan base is seriously expecting that they they would make it that far. But I, th- I think that's the thing. You look at this roster, and even with you know some of the guys they're going to lose because of, of cap hits, there's a lot of promise on on this team. You're going to get Dobbins and Edwards back next year. We were seeing the, the receiving core took huge strides this year. Uh, maybe Boyle's able to get healthier. We saw some some strides from some young players on defense, like Bowser and Queen. We talked last episode about you know Stevens and, and Stone and the promise they're showing. Injuries play a huge part in this sport. Obviously, the coaches are paid to be able to figure out what to do when they happen and how to keep the train going next man up, but... Honestly, I I don't have the numbers in front of me. I would imagine that the teams that are successful year in any given year, more often than not, they're going to have a relatively low injury rate compared to the rest of the league. Just even look at the Ravens back in 2019. Obviously, the league was uh, trying to figure out how to defend Lamar Jackson, but you also look at, at how the Ravens were able to keep the team healthy that year there were really no major injuries on that team until uh mark ingram and mark andrews got got banged up a bit in the second half of that uh week 16 game against cleveland to my recollection um tony jefferson obviously uh was out much earlier in that season Uh, he wasn't a huge part on that defense so unless i'm forgetting anyone else um they were a very healthy team going into the playoffs against tennessee you know for the majority of the season and then you look some minor injuries. I shouldn't say minor, but um, less injuries than this year, but still more injuries in 2019, 2020. The Ravens were a little more inconsistent, but still had a great record, got into playoffs. And then this year, so many injuries, so many key positions out, and they're just fighting. They're able to fight to just still barely be alive, but still still alive enough at the end of the race. Bottom line, yeah, you just got to love what this team has done this year while still being, you know, honestly bummed and frustrated with the position that they're in. Yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about this game, right? So we've kind of talked about our, our viewpoint going into it. The big thing here is that the Steelers are coming into town for their home game against the Ravens. This happens every year, um, or our home game against them. And uh, this is most likely Ben Roethlisberger's last game as a professional. Uh, they're most likely not making the playoffs. They're most likely, you know going home with us so to speak and the question is like are we going to be able to beat them right are we going to be able to make sure that ben does not go out on top and uh, one of the possible guests we have for this episode was steve from our dynasty league and uh he's unable to make it right now because he's dealing with a bit of an illness and we hope he gets well soon but he did say to us he expects that the steelers will win one more game this year he anticipates it being right now during this monday night game against browns and then losing to the ravens next week but uh he said you know obviously if uh if they don't win tonight maybe they'll get you <laughs> you know <laughs> like ben has one more win in him so uh that's his prediction and i think you know it's hard to say what the ravens are going to do here from a personnel perspective i think all of us expect huntley to start this game it's not worth bringing out lamar at this point and risking any injury whatsoever uh given the percent chance of us winning versus and also just like the likelihood of uh, what he brings over Huntley. Uh, I think in a matchup like this, the Ravens should be able to win with Huntley. 
if they win with Huntley and magically get into the playoffs through uh, divine intervention, then uh, you know, then you bring Lamar back, right? If he's healthy enough. But I think right now you ride Huntley and uh, keep him safe. And I and I and I'm curious if the Ravens do any other business decisions during this game, playing younger players, playing less experienced players to see things rather than giving themselves the best chance to win. It's a delicate line because I know the Ravens culture is to win games and I don't anticipate them actively stifling our ability to win a game, but I wouldn't be shocked to see more plays go to younger players or, you know, small shifts here where the, the Delta change is not big. Yeah, they definitely will play, play to win the game. My mind was brought back while thinking about about this game to uh, 2004. The Ravens were in a similar situation. Um, they had an emotional game against the Steelers, ironically, where if they won that game, then they had like the fifth or sixth seed going into the final week of the season. Uh, if they lost, then they got put into a situation like we're in right now. They needed like a seven-way tiebreaker plus a win to get there. And it's actually chronicled in a, in a book... Uh, John Feinstein, I believe, wrote a book, uh, Next Man Up, where basically the Ravens allowed him to be in the locker room for the entirety of the season uh, from training camp through the last game. It's an interesting read. And I, I do recall at the end of that book, you know, they're interviewing Billick about the game. Um, and he was frustrated that the Ravens were in that state, that they lost to the Steelers. And he knew that that the team was kind of all over the place and he had to bring the locker room together to like just be, tell him you know let's just win the game and see what happens even though like he knew himself that the chances of the Ravens getting into the playoffs were extremely slim but at least from the account of the book you know Billick really got into the the momentum of that game when the Ravens went out and played well I believe they were playing the Miami Dolphins and at one point there was an Ed Reed interception for a touchdown I believe that's pretty much all I remember for the game but the Ravens won uh, convincingly, and the team was was uh, you know excited about the victory, and you know Billick got caught up on it, and then he, he goes into his office and and turns on the TV. I think the Ravens needed uh, the Colts to beat Denver and to get in after some other things had happened that actually did bend the Ravens' way. Um, this was like the last tiebreaker, but then Billick turns on the TV. And and he just basically said like all of his elation was deflated out of him. He can in classic Billick fashion just was just like looked that the the Colts had I think what was it Curtis Painter in at quarterback. And he was like Mike Shanahan's too good of a coach to lose to Curtis Painter. We're out of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, so I mean that's the franchise is uh, is a proud one. Um, I think the mantra of this team, this organization, is if there's any chance at all, they're going to go for it. So. I could see a scenario, yeah, where they do kind of play it like a preseason game with all the injuries they have and just be like, you know, let's not risk any players. I'm not going to going to list any names. I, I don't believe in jinxes, usually. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I would be surprised if they went that route. I think they're going to go out, especially because it's against Pittsburgh, especially because it could be Big Ben's last game and, and put on and go out there and try and win. Um, but I think it'll be really interesting to see what the player's mentality is, how many of the guys are really are really up there and, and really going to go full out. Because I don't know. I, if I was a player in that locker room, I don't, I don't know how I would approach this game given where they are in the season. Even for a team with as strong veteran leadership that the Ravens have. Uh, yeah, that, that's an interesting one. 
Yeah, I feel like another added sort of layer here is that it feels to me like a lot of the Ravens' leadership is basically we're not sure if they're going to come back next year, right? So, you know, I could see this sort of uh, the, the vets kind of coming together. I mean, you have guys like Pernell McPhee, you have Calais Campbell, you have Justin Houston, um, Jimmy Smith, Tavon Young, like uh, a lot of these guys who have who have been critical pieces for us throughout the season and, and some of them in the past, but yeah, you look at a lot of them and I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how many of them are coming back. It, it almost, to me, almost kind of feels like, uh, the off season between 2010, to 2011 seasons where, uh, you know, Ozzy had like an exodus of, of players that, you know, weren't because of their contracts were expired, but they were actually cuts. Uh, the Ravens needed to get younger in those positions. It kind of feels to me, we're almost kind of in that same vacuum of a very similar vacuum of uh we're gonna have a, a kind of a rude awakening of of uh, changing of the guard and we're gonna have a lot of uh players who weren't really vets going into next season but they're they might have to uh force to, to kind of become those vets but that being said i mean yeah i could certainly see it either way i mean i could see you know those guys coming together and saying you know hey one last game we're gonna try and go out and do what we do best be the ravens we're gonna try and win this game we're gonna give it everything we got the other hand, I could just be like, you know, hey, we got a lot of guys in here to just like, look, you know, uh, <laughs> we'll see. But, you know, we kind of know where we're at. We know that, you know, this might be the the end of something. We were we were looking forward to kind of really going out on, on top this season and going all in. And we know it's just not going to happen and, you know, maybe kind of dial off the gas a little bit. I don't know, man. You know, all I could say is, you know, from a fan's perspective, look, I, I got to take a look at the storyline here of, of it being Roethlisberger's last game. And, I mean, I'd love to send him out with a loss, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've had a lot of a lot of good games against Roethlisberger Steelers. Some went our way, some didn't. A lot of heartbreak. It just, I, I'd, I'd love to send him off with another loss because I, I feel like that would, that would just make me elated. <laughs> <laughs> well, for that to happen, I think, you know, we talked about how it's almost certainly going to be Huntley in the starting quarterback role. Lamar Jackson was the starter uh, in the previous matchup, and he played decently in that game. Obviously, there was some times he was out of sync with the receivers, particularly later in the game. But it will be interesting to see how Huntley performs, especially after we talked Uh, in the previous episode in the recap of the game against the Rams and highlighted how Huntley, there are some things he does really well, but also one of his big weaknesses is against the pass rush and the fact that he has limited skills at this point to really escape the pass rush when the pocket collapses. And as we know, the the, the Ravens had some issues with that, uh, particularly with TJ Watt, but other Steelers defenders as well when Lamar was in there. So now we've got a quarterback back there behind the same offensive line, uh, practically, who has way more trouble than the starter uh, with handling pressure. So that's going to be something that uh, the Ravens are really going to have to take into consideration with the game plan. Um, Probably go back yet again, like they did against the Rams, to the quick pass game again, uh, just having Huntley get the ball out to his first read as quickly as possible. But... To do that, they're going to have to uh, fix some of the things that uh, got them into some trouble when the Rams were pretty much expecting that that's what the Ravens were going to do. I think another part that'll be interesting with the offense, um, one of the more surprising aspects of the game against the Steelers uh, a couple weeks ago was 
that early in the game, the Ravens actually had some reasonable success with throwing to Freeman and Murray out in the flat and and getting some runs up the middle with both of them. But they kind of shied away from that part of the game as the game grew on. It'll be interesting to see if that's part of the game plan since they did have some success there, but just really, I guess, weren't really expecting that they would. Um, So it didn't really become that big a part of what they were doing as the game went on. I could see the Ravens relying on Murray and and Freeman a bit more than than even what they did against the Rams, which was more than we thought was a good idea for them, too, in that game, although it did give them some of a chance later in the game, as we discussed previously. It is also kind of hard to to analyze how this game's going to go when the opponent... Is actively um, playing. <laughs> is actively playing, right, because this is also going to be part of, you know... Obviously, part of it is the send-off for Big Ben, but if the Steelers win this game, they actually still have an outside shot at the playoffs, too, if I'm, if I'm understanding correctly. So, yeah, if they lose to the Browns, which right now the, the Steelers are up 10-0 to uh, just before halftime, Browns had the ball. Are they... Oh, Browns are in Pittsburgh territory. Uh, Baker Mayfield just got sacked for a seven-yard loss, so um, there's that. Um, but if the Browns somehow win this game, then then the, the playoff part aspect isn't there for the Steelers. But if they do hold on, which I think we're expecting that they will, uh, that's another variable right there. So, yeah, I hear what you're saying, Peter. I think uh, I think it's interesting. You know, I do think uh, having more safety valves for Huntley um, is is definitely uh, something we need to be doing a lot more of, especially with the pass rush uh, from the Steelers. I still have nightmares from some of that game uh, <laughs> when Lamar was in a quarterback. But I mean, uh, one of the things that we probably talked about a couple of weeks ago, I think was, uh, was there any chance that any of these running backs uh, on the roster today, are there any chance of those guys coming back next year in 2022? You know, I think maybe with this last game, maybe the Ravens might be able to glean a little bit more information from that. Uh, I think we're, we were kind of in agreement that Freeman, I think out of all the running backs that seems to have the best shot, you know, I know Murray has kind of seen a, a few more snaps the last couple of games. You know, maybe the Ravens decide to kind of get him a little bit more involved, maybe in the passing game to to see, you know, out of both those guys, you know, what the, what they want to bring back either one of them. Now, I do think with Murray is kind of interesting because he, you know, when he wanted to leave the Saints because they wanted him to take a pay cut, <laughs> I'm not sure if that... Uh, is is something that he would want to do again with the Ravens next year. So, um, I mean, from that perspective, I think that that decision may be already be clear. But uh, nevertheless, I mean, as far as game script is concerned, um, you know, having more safety valves. Another guy, too, who we didn't really see get involved much in the passing attack, Pat Ricard, uh, Project Pat. Love to see him get a little bit more involved even if it's just plowing through a couple guys for like a, you know, five, six yard gain, that would be great. Uh, just another safety blanket for, uh, for Huntley to rely on. Though I will say going back for a second, I, I feel like we didn't really talk about this. We kind of glanced it over a little bit, but you guys seem to be in agreement. So we really think that there's a like 0% chance that Lamar Jackson plays this game. <sighs> Nothing's ever 0%. <sighs> I just don't think it's likely. I, I, I don't think he's, I think it's all smoke and mirrors that he's anywhere close to good to go is what I'm getting at. I don't know. Like, I honestly think it's almost criminal what Harbaugh is doing. Not that like, I'm like particularly mad at him, but like, let's, let's be real. Right. If, if, if his showing on the practice field 
was real. There was no way he was questionable the last two weeks, right? It had to have been worse, right? Like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't buy it. I feel like this is like almost like not, like it shouldn't be legal, like in a way, what's going on with this? <laughs> like they, they report inactives and if they're just straight up lying, like what's the point? Um, I know coaches lie and there's plenty of places where I think lying is fine, but with this injury report stuff, it, it, I don't know, because they need to report injuries, it, it kind of feels ridiculous the way they report them is what I'm getting at. And the amount of injuries they hide. And how many players you hear about at the end of the season? Oh, they had this going on all year, right? Like, I don't know, man. I understand it's a strategic advantage, but like at that point, what has to happen? Do you have to like get injured in the in the field during live practice, like you know, live for everyone to see for you to have to report it? I don't know. <laughs> it just it's just weird. Yeah. Well, then I guess that you end up a situation like Ben Powers. Did I don't even remember? Did he go out with an injury in game? I feel like all all of a sudden it was just foot injury and now he's been out for like the last three weeks. So right, yeah, great question. <laughs> I I also noticed that right because like just going back in my my thought of like looking at snap counts, I never remember a game where he came out and like who would have filled in for him, right? Because Cleveland wasn't even active for half the time that like that in between period. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Point. Yeah. I mean. My thought perspective on it is like if Lamar really had an injury where there was any chance of him coming back this season, it, it would have been against the Rams because we knew that we had to win that game to be anywhere in control of, of our destiny. So like the the playoffs really began with that game and the fact that he wasn't even active in like an emergency role, I think kind of kind of says it all. But but maybe I'm wrong. I could see them trying to get him to play because like we said, mathematically there's a chance technically I will say if the, if the Jaguars do win and the Ravens get in the playoffs, uh, Trevor Lawrence's charity is getting a hundred dollar donation from me. It's, it's said right now, um, but I don't see it happening. Um, but yeah, I, I guess it's a possibility. That's fair. That's fair. For uh, for context for any listeners, so we're on the Zoom call right now. Uh, Peter's actually changed his name to Jaguars number one fan. So <laughs> I, I do think right he's holding. I do think he's holding <laughs> on a little bit of hope, though, that uh, we still might be able to make the playoffs here. But no, I, I hear what you're saying, though. I, I think I, I think I'm somewhat in agreement with you guys. I, I think overall, in terms of like team culture and you know how the Ravens do business, I think the better long term play would just be like, you know, hey, we know this is pretty much a lost season, but we're gonna do what we can reasonably without having an unreasonable amount of you know risk toward re-injury or something to Lamar especially him being the face of the franchise so we don't really want to throw him out there if he's less than 100 percent to you know save face you know as much as I want to beat Roethlisberger for his his presumably his last game is it worth injuring your star quarterback and compromising the 2022 season absolutely not don't do that but uh, you know, if you were maybe close to one hundred percent, maybe. But I, I think it kind of comes back to what you said, Alec, and that we have no idea the, uh, uh, when the injury happened. It could have realistically have just been a an issue where the Ravens knew that he couldn't come back, but didn't really want to tell the fan base, or there was some other strategic reason for doing for not saying that he was. Uh, likely toward a season-ending injury we probably won't know uh maybe some more information might come out after this game but in uh edc's tell-all book about this season that uh lacy uh said it was possible right right yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest matchup, uh, there's not too much that has changed since the last time we did a matchup show with Andrew. I think the biggest matchup is just like how we respond to Big Ben. Are we able to get in a situation where it doesn't come down to a two-point conversion that we don't succeed upon? That's that's the key of the game. The matchup is very similar. I recommend you go listen to the old episode um, if you want to hear more about it, other than like a couple injuries that maybe happen here and there. But overall, I think a lot of us have the same opinion going into this game. It's about execution. It's about actually you know, getting ahead and staying ahead. That's all. <laughs> the, the real basics of football. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting with, with how the defense performs in particular. Um, I think the, the, the tone for this game is going to be set by Brandon Williams, Tony Jefferson, Jimmy Smith, the guys who have who have faced Roethlisberger a number of times. And you think a, a lot of these guys, I guess you could, you could throw Josh Bynes into there as well. For a lot of these of these Ravens players, the rivalry with Pittsburgh, you know, and, and Big Ben in particular, probably doesn't mean that terribly much, as they've only faced him a couple times. But those guys were have, were around when when some of the old guard was still there, even if it was just Terrell Suggs in, in Jefferson's case. So, so they know firsthand what it means to to the fan base and to the organization to send send Ben out with an L in his final game, final time playing the Ravens. So, yeah, I, I think it'll... I, I'll, I'll be interested to see what, what those guys' responses to this game, um, how they're going to take it. Yeah. It's a good point about Jefferson. I feel like uh, we should talk about him a little bit more. I know uh, I, I was singing his praises last episode about how that's kind of transformed some of the defense and some of the packages that we can throw out. But I, I do think that's... It's interesting, though, because, you know, in the past, uh, you know, we've always, we've had some issues with uh, matching up against Pittsburgh because they have, you know, like the Cincinnati Bengals, they have a good uh, young receiving core, and they can basically spread us out wide and force us to uh, rely on some of our, you know, third and fourth string corners. But that being said, I I feel like uh, the Ravens showed a, a, a good bit with their packages against the Rams. I mean, the Rams also have uh, three very good receivers in uh, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, and uh, Van Jefferson. So um, I'm curious if the Ravens will be able to reproduce some of that success that they had against the Rams, uh, also against the Steelers. Yeah, and I would I would hope they do because, again, we're looking at this game not just as for the playoffs, but also as um, what can we expect from this team going forward. And I think, you know, we, we talked about something very interesting with how the Ravens kind of fallen into uh, this, this group of safeties with through a combination of, of, of injury um, and just how the roster is shaped up at this point. And like you said, it, it allowed them to do some, some things against the Rams. And that's something that is slightly different about this Ravens defense than the last time the Ravens played the Steelers. Uh, Jefferson wasn't there. Um, so adding him in, and doing some of those different safety packages can add a, a new wrinkle that the Steelers didn't have to deal with last game. Yeah, man, I I, I hear you. I think uh, this is a game where the Ravens' pedigree, the Ravens' history, the Ravens' tradition and culture is is the thing, right? Like the only that's their that's their uh, reason for showing up on Sunday. That's a reason to put on a good show for the fans. It's going to come down to the veterans in the locker room, the you know logo they wrap on their jersey for why they're going out there to give their best performance in a, in a game that most likely won't matter one way or the other, right? I think that's kind of what we're getting at. Is like this is this is a this is bigger than this 
than this season. This is bigger than this particular matchup almost uh, for the Ravens to go out there and execute. It's it's a it's just a bigger picture game at this point because there's no direct benefit to what's happening there for this season. Is that fair? Is that off base? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're playing for pride. Uh, you know they're they're playing. Yeah, they're they're playing to knock off their rival. There's not much more to it at this point. Um, I think you know if I would if I were to guess at least in, in inside the Ravens locker room. I mean, like, look, um, you know, I, I'm sure that they know. Like, we're on the outside looking in. It's a very very slim chance. So you got to find you know whatever else to play for. I think you know pride's a, pride's a good thing to play for, right? People don't like to be embarrassed. I think uh, you know we have a we have a standard of a winning culture here in Baltimore. Um, we don't like losing. Um, we don't like losing seasons as well. So um, I, I think there's a lot to play for in, in terms of that. And from what we've seen from the guys over the last couple of weeks, um, you know, from individual efforts, I I, I think they're they're going to come out. They're going to put on a good show. And they're going to do whatever they can to hopefully come out with a win and and have a, a winning season. I will say this: uh, if the tickets get less expensive than they are now. I'm interested in going and seeing this team play because I do believe it'll be a good football game. Right? Like I think that's the best way to almost summarize it. Is like this is a it's still a game worth watching as fans. It's still a game to root for the Ravens because um I think there's just there's a lot there's a lot here to still see. With that, do we want to go to our bold predictions and score predictions for what might be the last time for a while? Sure thing. All right, guys. I, I didn't bring it up during the last show, but I did when rewatching the game. I was calling out every time that Project Pat was in the red zone. And sure enough, man, actually, if if Huntley threw it to him instead of Boyle on that one play, there was a chance that Project Pat can put a move or break a tackle and get in the end zone. He had one guy to beat. And uh, I was a little bummed out that it didn't go his way. He could have gotten his touchdown there and broken the Ravens uh, curse. And we'd be having a different show right now, I think. So a little bummed out about that. My bold prediction is that the Ravens get four sacks on... Uh, Ben Roethlisberger. And I understand that last time we called for sacks and it didn't happen because he gets the ball out fast. I understand that it's unlikely to happen with Odafe Owe being doubtful this week and maybe not fully healthy. I understand that it's maybe a bad, bold prediction, but that's why it's bold and I want it to happen, damn it. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go get that cowboy. <laughs> and my score prediction is the Ravens win the game because nothing about the season has been optimal and they will make sure they get the worst draft pick possible in this situation. They win 24 to 17. Oh man. Okay. Wow. Yeah, this is this is going to be an interesting game for all the reasons that we already stated. What the heck? I would say my bold prediction is our boy Tony Jefferson pulls an Ed Reed impression and gets a strip sack of Roethlisberger for a touchdown. And then my ultra bold prediction, which will be worth 5 bold prediction points uh, <laughs> and season victory. <laughs> yes. Yes, is that is that the Jacksonville Jaguars defeat the Indianapolis Colts by two scores? <laughs> Man, he's really taking on that number one fan uh, moniker, huh? Yeah, that'd be. <laughs> In which case, Trevor wow. Lawrence, I see he has a COVID relief foundation with his wife. In which case, I'll be giving a two hundred dollar donation to that charity, as well as buying a Trevor Lawrence jersey. 
Wow, this keeps us getting whoa. thicker for him. Now, I think the reason he's buying this whoa, jersey whoa, is whoa, because whoa. of uh, his dynasty uh, share of Mr. Uh, Lawrence. Hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. We're only supposed to rag on, on your fan- bad hey, fantasy takes. I didn't bring it up last episode, <laughs> but I have uh, Tylen Wallace on a two-year deal, and he's eligible for extension for $3. After what I've seen in the last few weeks, he's getting extended, boys. You're not going to have him. I'm going to oh, have man. him. <laughs> and it might not matter. Now, of course, if the Ravens don't win, but the Jaguars do, good gosh, I'll, I'll still donate to your to your charity, Trevor, but um, I won't be trying buying the jersey. Uh, but I do say <laughs> that the Ravens win this one because, like Alex said, nothing in this season has made sense, uh, 13 to 10. You know what, guys? I've, uh, I've been beating this drum all season. What the heck? I'm, I'm going to go with it again. I think Rashad Bateman is going to get two touchdowns this game. I think he's going to hey. be that red zone target. We were just talking about it last season. We need another red zone target. I th- it seems like Huntley only has chemistry with uh, Bateman and Andrews. I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to say that he uh, he gets two touchdowns this game. I think he's going to – I'm hoping that uh, he has a great end of the season. Now, in terms of score predictions, dude, I talked about it earlier. <laughs> the Ravens are playing for pride. I really want them to beat Roethlisberger. And what is likely to be his last game as a Steeler? I think it would be very poetic. I just I want to Ravens Steelers, man. It's just such a great rivalry, and uh, God, I just want to be on top. <laughs> I just I just want to beat the Steelers, and it can it can happen, man. I mean, 2015. I mean, the Ravens went five eleven that season. They swept the Steelers. Um, obviously, we can't sweep them this season. I already have one loss under our belts, but. Um, you know, despite everything that's happened, like they could still find a way to pull out a victory. Um, I'm shoot, man. I'm gonna go that they win. I'll I'll say uh, seventeen thirteen Ravens. Well, Ravens fans, we thank you guys for supporting us all year. Uh, it's been fun. We've uh, we've gotten to to meet some of you guys who are listeners. Um, I feel like we've had a, a really good year as far as making new friends in the Ravens community. It's been a lot of fun. No idea if this is our last preview or not but uh it'll certainly be our last preview for the regular season uh it's been a year it certainly has but we're thankful for you guys support you can continue to listen to us through the off season whenever that starts and follow us on your favorite podcast uh app and you can as always you can send us email at feedback at ravensrecap.com you can tell i check that email address very often and that's, <laughs> that's definitely not Alex's job <laughs> <laughs> or you can follow us on Twitter, which I do post somewhat frequently, and we'll have a fun poll out on Friday. I'll actually post on Friday this week and not Saturday. Very nice. Go Ravens and Jaguars. 